0: Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. This episode, I'm changing it up, and I've decided that what I'm going to do is I'm going to do my Q&A corner at the top of the episode, which means... Next, after this question comes your horoscope and your astrology homework for the week. So stay tuned. Listen up. There's a full moon. You're going to want to know. You're going to want to know. But first, I'm going to answer a question by OB and it's such a good question. Um, OB says, Hey, Jessica, I've been a fan of yours since your segment on self-service podcast. Thank you. Um, This week's podcast has allowed me to reflect on my relationship with alcohol. I recently turned 21, and I feel like drinking has taken a toll on me negatively. I find it hard to work hungover and have built up anxiety after binge drinking. Every time I try to get sober, it seems like a close friend reaches out and there's always alcohol involved. When we go out, I end up having a drink and then I get into fuck it. I might as well drink more mentality because I feel like I've already ruined my cleanse. Do you have any tips on drinking socially and responsibly? So this is such a good question, and believe it or not, and I only say believe it or not because most people don't know that you can do this with astrology, but one of the things I really uh, I uh specialize in and I have lectured on a bunch is looking at substance use in astrology and using astrology as a tool for looking at can you use substances in a way that is healthy and self-appropriate or is it kind of self-destructive and where's the line even where's the line the thing about addiction is that substance abuse is really only a symptom uh, and a negative consequence of a, being an addict of addiction. And, you know, you may disagree with me about this. I'm okay with that. We don't have to agree about everything. Um, but, you know, I've worked with people for a lot of years and I have a, a a lot of uh ideas about how addiction runs in people as an astrologer and a counselor and what i've really seen that the one thing every single person who has struggles with substance abuse has in common or any other kind of addictive behavior really it's that you don't want to feel what you're feeling that the feelings you're having are uncomfortable to sit with and so you get lit so that you can feel differently that's the move that's the move. And you know what? It works. Smoke weed, watch 12 hours of Netflix, get drunk. You're going to feel differently. That's the reason why we do it. And on the short term, that's really useful, right? So if you're going out with friends and yeah, I mean, if you're 21 or 41, any age really, but if you're... 21 and you're going out with friends, there's often going to be alcohol. There's alcohol kind of everywhere, right? And if you're going out at night and if you're doing like fun social things, there's likely to be alcohol. Often there's drugs. And I don't know. Is it, is it cool to hang out in the places you're going to and not be lit and not get a buzz? Because if those places are boring or uncomfortable when you're not buzzed, then there's this larger question of what are you doing with your life? Who are you hanging out with? Is it working for you? Because at around 21, this really interesting thing happens, and it happens to all of us. It's this transit, which is an astrological event, Um, and it's called the Uranus Square. And it's when we individuate, it's when we really um, separate from our teen years and step into our twenties and we become adults. And most people who are older than 25 can look back at around 21 and be like, oh yeah, this is when I moved out or this major thing happened for me. And the thing about Individuation, the thing about growth and development is that it's constantly happening. We constantly have choices in the face of our changing circumstances and our circumstances are always changing, partially because life, partially because time, partially because, you know, you make new choices, you get new outcomes and yada, yada. So when we hit around 21, as you have, OB, What happens is you start getting faced with new choices or the same old choices start to feel different. The consequences start to take a new shape. And, you know, the question you're asking me is kind of layered because you are asking me for tips on drinking socially and responsibly. But you're also telling me that you're having one drink and then you're like, fuck it. I'm just going to get lit. Who cares? And there's something complicated in that question. And, you know, it's, it's a question I've gotten asked. I can't even tell you how many times over the years I get asked this question all the time because Very few people want to give up alcohol. The only people who want to give up alcohol are people who don't really like alcohol to begin with. Anyone who likes alcohol wants to be able to drink. That just makes sense, right? If it's delicious and you like the way it makes you feel, why would you stop? Plus it's everywhere and it makes social situations way easier, at least in the short term, at least at first. And so I'll say this, if you find that you have one drink and one drink invariably you know, with very few exceptions, turns into many drinks, then that suggests that as soon as alcohol hits your system, you're having a hard time having objective choices, right? And the thing about alcohol is it's not like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? Alcohol changes the way you feel. It changes your your body's response to it. is a very strong thing. And so it's not just about your conscious intention once you have alcohol in the system. It's also about how your body is responding. And, you know, that's not spiritual. That's not analytic. That's physical. That's physiological. How is your body responding to this particular substance? You know, I can't eat garlic. I'm not bragging. It's super annoying. Yeah, you can you can throw a joke around me about being a vampire. That's fine. I've heard it before. Whatever. The point is, I could eat garlic, I'll get sick. It won't feel good. Sometimes it's delicious and therefore worth it. But you know A lot of people, they drink, it makes them feel terrible, but they keep on drinking. It's a choice, but it has negative consequences. Just like when I eat garlic, it has negative consequences. So the point here is, if you want to think about how to be responsible, it's really from my viewpoint, how to be responsible to yourself, how to decide what's the most important thing. Is it more important to figure out how to keep on going to the same spaces and doing the same things and make new choices? Or do you need to look at where you're going and that will organically bring you to new choices? You know, I'm a big fan. If you, if you can do this of the every other, which is if you're going to have an alcoholic beverage, follow it with a, you know, water or some sort of non-alcoholic beverage to pace yourself. If you're a quick drinker, that's a great trick. Um, but honestly, if you're the kind of person who just doesn't have the capacity to rein your behavior in, you're not alone. And the word alcoholic is hella loaded. Lots of people get really defensive about it. It's understandable. Um, I personally don't have like a, a big issue with the word one way or another. For me, I'm always looking at, is this actually improving your life? Is it actually fun? You know, and if the question, if the answer to that is no, it's actually not fun most of the time, or it may be fun, but it's costing me more than I want to pay then it's really important to look at, do I choose it anyways? And am I willing to bear the consequences? Because what is for sure true is that you can pull a lot of crazy stuff off in your 20s, and it gets really hard to pull off in your 30s, and it gets kind of rough in your 40s, and on and on we go. So, you know, I would simply say to you, it, it really sounds, OB, like you know, like, you know, this isn't working for you. You know that you feel crappy. It's not helping your mental health um, and it's not working for you. So if you can try having a beverage and then one or two virgin drinks and then another beverage, fantastic. Keep that up, pace yourself. But if you find that as soon as you get any kind of buzz, you just start like pounding drinks, then that's something to be really aware of and to take ownership of because the only way to be responsible is is to own where you're starting from and to own your own behavior. And it is hard, you know, I'm not trying to say it isn't hard, but I am going to say that it's way easier to not develop a a really destructive behavior than to see yourself developing a destructive behavior and be like, oh, don't worry about it, I'll just deal with it later. Because problems that are self-destructive don't generally get a lot easier to deal with over the course of time. I know it sounds too simple, but it's real. And I'll say kind of connected to all of this, that this is a really dynamic time for you. If you're around 21, OB or anyone else listening, you're at this really creative, fertile moment where you can go in any number of directions. It's exciting. It's upsetting. It's scary. It's all the things. And, you know, if you can make life affirming choices, Even if you risk loneliness or missing out on some parties or whatever it is, you know, that'll probably take you pretty far. And if it's hard for you to think about doing that, you know, don't think about doing it forever. Think about doing it for a month. Think about doing it for three months as an experiment and see what happens. See what friends kind of fall off and what friends start becoming more interesting to you. See if you miss out on a lot of awesome stuff and kick yourself or if you actually don't miss out on anything worth you know, that actually doing, it's important to experiment is what I'm trying to get at. It's important to experiment in all phases of life, but certainly around 21, experiment. Try out different ways of being and see what works for you. And the thing about life, the thing about being an adult is you alone are responsible for your choices. So you get to screw up in the most spectacular of ways and you get to thrive in the most spectacular of ways, but it all takes some measure of work and it takes some measure of intention. And so I hope this is helpful. I hope this kind of guides you towards how to think about this because It's kind of simple, really, in terms of the action part. It's moderate your drinking. If you can't moderate it, consider stopping, right? But on a more emotional, spiritual, and psychological level, it's quite complicated. It's about sitting with your feelings. It's about the kinds of social situations you really want to be in and what kind of sacrifices you're willing to make around your mental and emotional health if alcohol does take its toll on you in that way. it's hard. Adulting is hard. It's not, it's not just you. It's complicated, but I think the fact that you're asking questions and hopefully the fact that you'll continue to ask questions, that is a really good sign. And with that, my friend, I say the best of luck to you. If this was helpful, please, um, at me or write me back. Let me know if you have any other questions and we will get at this because it's a big deal. It's a big question. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast, your little astrology corner. This week, we're going to talk about the astrology coming up, but before we do, I just want to I just want to talk to you about the moon. You know, personally me, I am not obsessed with the moon. Slash, I am totally obsessed with the moon. Let me clarify. When we are looking at the birth chart, when I'm looking at a client's chart, I'm looking at their moon. And what that has me do is it has me looking at their emotional nature, how they process feelings, how they process um, their past. In fact, the moon represents your past experiences. It represents your childhood issues, how you felt in your childhood. Um, And it is related to so much of your innermost psychology and your emotional wellness, The journey towards emotional maturity and emotional freedom is found in astrology through the moon. Through the moon is very important. The moon in your birth chart is incredibly important. Now, when I'm talking about horoscopes, when any astrologer is talking about horoscopes, we're talking about something called transits. That's what it is. It's transits. It's planets transiting through each other. Uh, As you'll hear me say over and over again, astrology is hella math, and that is what that is. So when we're looking at um, something like a new moon or a full moon or a transit um, from the moon to another planet. We're essentially talking about moods. And the thing that's super cool about this is that your moods, your feelings, they come and they go, just like the moon. It moves really fast. It moves through all twelve signs every single month, right? And so just like the moon, our moods move quickly. And just like the moon, the our moods, are in a way these isolated things, right? This is how I feel right now. This is how I'm reacting right now. But in fact, what it is, is that every mood, every emotion is part of this larger cycle of our personal experience in our bodies, in our psyches, and in our relationship to the world, to life, and to other humans and cats and things. It doesn't have to be cats. It can be dogs. It can be snakes. I'm not trying to say it has to be any of those things. You get where I'm going. The point is the moon. The moon represents your feelings. And it's really important that we all acknowledge and agree that facts and feelings are two different things. Your feelings are not facts. Facts are facts. Your feelings are feelings. And your feelings are incredibly valid and important. And they don't have to be facts in order for them to be valid and important, but they are subjective. They are constantly shifting. And so it is important to understand that what the moon represents is kind of the astrology of the shift. It gives us a sense of the potential of our emotional cycles of development. It is so cool. It is so cool to know that there is a bigger picture to how you're feeling right now. If when you were 15, you were constantly depressed and miserable and felt super alienated and isolated. And now you're, you know, 38 years old and you don't feel those ways, but on the days where you do feel that way, it does refer back to 15 year old you. Of course it does because your origin story is always your origin story. And for some of us, that's a big yay. For some of us, that's a huge boo and that's okay. You know, either way. What's important for us to really acknowledge is that our cycles of development and the journey towards emotional wellness, emotional maturity, it's just that it's a cycle. It's a cycle. And so whether you're down right now or you're up right now, the kind of ideal path is to not get too attached, to not over identify with how you're feeling in such a way that you feel like you have no choice, like you're never going to feel any different way. When we have kind of a sense of freedom and a sense of flexibility within our emotions, AKA when we're not attaching to all of our feelings, what we can do is make choices. We can see that we have more options than we otherwise thought we would. And so this is actually a huge thrust of my work as I'm constantly trying to support people towards emotional maturity and emotional embodiment, because I believe that that is a foundational key to being happy and being at peace in your own skin. Really confronting your deepest fears, your fears of abandonment, your fears around, do I have enough for me? Um, is somebody trying to take what I have? And this can really be a powerful opportunity for you to look at those things with openness and with kindness. The, the full moon, any full moon always represents a time of closure, a, a closing out of a cycle And it is a potential for us to look at the opposing forces within us and make a new sort of sense of it, to make some sort of peace with it. The mistake that most of us make most of the time is we want to look outside. We want to look at what's so-and-so doing. Why did so-and-so do this? Or why did they not do that? And it's compelling, right? And it's certainly that Venus-Pluto transit is going to make you want to do that. It's going to give you an excuse to do that. But the truth of the matter is, it's on you. Your choices are a reflection of you. What you choose to consent to, what you allow yourself to obsessively think about, is on you. And I'm not trying to suggest that it's easy to control or contain your thoughts, especially your self-destructive or your compulsive thoughts. It's not. It's very hard. And that is why they invented psychology and all these other things, all these other self-help things. This work is hard work, but that doesn't mean it's not good work and it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And this particular full moon is so creative. It is such a profound opening for you to be able to connect to your actual self here and now to really get grounded with self-acceptance and get grounded with self-awareness and to allow yourself to use it around parts of yourself that are not functioning at their heaviest. So my hope for you around this full moon is to look at what you're holding on to that is actually toxic for you, what you're holding on to of an ex, of something or someone that you just can't stand, and to really try to let go of the compulsive self-destructive part of it and look at your own part of it. You know, if I may shift to, to a, a moment of politics at this point, you know, I mean, I hope if you've already read my work, you know, I do not like Trump. Um, I am very against Trump and hate in general. And I really think at this point, of course, we need to impeach him. We need to impeach his whole team and all of that. But at this point in human development, the real potential here is that we unite against, we unite as a people against hatred in all of its forms, in its microaggressions and in its policies and in systemic ways. We really rally first ourselves as individuals and be willing to take personal responsibility for the shadow side of the ways in which we have shitty values, the ways in which we've been lazy or careless or hurtful or hateful because we're humans. And here's the thing. Everybody has Pluto in their chart. Everybody has Neptune in their chart, which is to say, everybody has a shadow side. Everybody disassociates. We're not meant to be perfect, but If we can, as a people, rally, really rally ourselves, our communities, our country, and stand up and choose love, not in some airy, fairy way, but in a way that says, yeah, climate change is real and we're going to work to promote the betterment of the environment. Yeah, we're going to prioritize children and their education over military. Yeah, we're going to prioritize the safety of people over the wealth of the NRA, you know, being able to put our money where our mouth is, that is spirituality in action. That is emotional intelligence in action. It's participating in the world in a way that accurately reflects what you value and what you want this world to be. We're not meant to wait for someone else to do it for us. We're meant to look at the ways in which we feel called to participate because you can't do it all. I mean, not every person is going to be an activist. Not every person is going to be able to get interested in climate change or, you know, be able to reform voting laws. But every person can do a thing. Every person can work on themselves. And if we are all doing that, the world will change. It it will inevitably change because the people will ultimately make it change. And that's my greatest hope is that we all find our, our motive for participating in the world in a way that better reflects our integrity through all this mishigas that is happening with the politics in the U.S. And, you know, I'm only speaking to the U.S. because that's where I live And also, it's crazy out here. It is crazy out here. Anyways, all to say, my friends, listen up. This is going to be a really powerful full moon that you can leverage to become more whole by sitting with the ways in which you are not. Spirituality, when it's rooted in the real world, what a powerful force. So, try. That's my advice. Try. But hey, did you think that was all I was going to talk about? The full moon? You're wrong. No, mm -mm. that's not happening. There's something else. On the 27th, two more things that are worth mentioning are happening. Mars goes direct. And this is a very exciting thing. I've talked about Mars retrograde. Mars is currently retrograde in uh Capricorn and it goes direct and so yay. Things are going to move forward and this is we're going to kind of like over the next week or couple weeks going to um, gain greater momentum with the projects that we've started over the last several months. And you know what? Just pay attention to it. Uh it's really great, but there's not too much I want to tell you about there because there's something else happening on the 27th and that is Mercury is forming a square to Jupiter. Now, this particular transit is It's got its pros and cons. So one thing that's really fantastic about this transit is it can be a time where you learn. It increases curiosity. It increases a willingness to ask questions, have conversations, put yourself out there. Now, the bad news is that it inclines people to mansplain. All the people, not just the men, all the people. Um, It inclines people to lecture when they think they're explaining. It inclines people to do a lot more talking than listening. The potential here is that you can really challenge your ideas about the world and learn something new. Uh, that's the great potential. And the risk is that you just allow yourself to be kind of self self congratulatory and to just you know pat yourself on the back about what you believe um, or bark at people and tell them what they should believe. So you know, don't be a dick. Uh, try to try to try to not be a dick. Just listen. Make sure you're asking as many questions as you are kind of um, able to around this time, this can be a time when we look at the kind of big picture of the week, this can be a time where you kind of come to awareness about some kind of deep stuff um, over the weekend or the start of the week. And then as the week progresses, you can develop ideas that justify whatever it is you've discovered about yourself or the world. Or this can be a time where you come into contact with those difficult things and then you unpack it and you learn something new and you're willing to expand what you understand. Obviously, I think you should do the latter if you can, but shoulds, shoulds are dumb. I'm not really trying to tell you what you should do, but I'm you know, I'm just gonna encourage you <laughs> to be open and it, it might mean that you need to sit alone with your dear diary or like call up your shrink Or talk to your bestie and really unpack ideas, messy, complicated ideas to come to a more whole and streamlined truth. That's possible. You don't have to have it all tidy. That's not your job. Your job only is to find the truth and to find something that is kind of like a kind and sustainable container for that truth. See what I'm saying? That's the move, guys. That's the move. Um, You know, it's really nice that you listen to this podcast. Uh, I really, I hope you share it with your friends. Also, you can share it with your frenemies. I think that's fair. Help them become better people. Cause you know what? Let's be honest. There's only one reason why someone's a jerk. Not one. There's a lot of reasons why people are jerks, but ultimately from a spiritual standpoint, shitty people do shitty things because they feel shitty and you don't have to be a shitty person whisperer. You know, you don't have to go out and fix the shitty people of the world. That's not your job. I hope you have a really great week and that you subscribe and rate and all the things that people do with podcasts around the world because people do things with podcasts and I hope those things, if you like this podcast, are the things you're doing with mine. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you next week. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.